True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. So we are su- so we are super excited to tell y'all about She's Birdie. It's a personal safety alarm made for women by women. Yeah, they're colorful alarms. They have a hundred and thirty decibels alarm and a flashing strobe light that's designed to deter any attack and these would make a great gift for everyone whoever that important woman is in your life i would highly recommend getting one of these and you can also use our discount code oh absolutely the best news is is we're going to help y'all get a discount well there's five colors to choose from and she's birdies will give you 15 percent off Uh, They're partnering with organizations that support women's safety. So they're letting us offer our listeners 15% off. All you have to do is you enter true crime broads 15. So it's true crime broads spelled out one five at checkout and you'll get the discount. Yep. Just go to www.she'sbirdie.com when checking out. Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal and Renee, and we're super excited. We managed to somehow talk Christy Stout into coming back for a part two. She was so gracious and so kind to come back. And it was because all of you wonderful listeners were so excited to hear her side of the story and to get her impressions on the case. And you guys sent us some fantastic questions that she said yes. So thank you to all of our listeners for your enthusiasm. And um, Renee, did you want to bring us up to date on some stuff? I do. Okay, so um, we have started doing, uh, taking donations for February. People have already started messaging me um, about sending donations. Um, So if you are wanting to donate, please get with me, send me a message, and I can send you our information to donate. And this Uh, is for the billboard. The billboard, yes, correct. Um, and so it'll be $500 for this month. We've got a couple more months left on it. Um, so if you wanted to donate, please get with us because we need to get that taken care of ASAP. And thank you to everybody that has already donated. We appreciate y'all so much. We really do. It's amazing. Thank you for the way everyone comes together to help Missy and her case. Um, we wanted to also start off the podcast by reading a five-star review that we, re- we received. This review came from someone called Football Chick Number One. And the title of her review is What a Great Podcast with two exclamation points, five stars. You can tell these ladies really care about this case and they have done a lot of prep work and homework and she put three exclamation points. Thank you so much, Football Check Number One. We really appreciate it. Getting your your reviews means so much to us. Anytime Renee and I see a five-star review, it really motivates us to keep going. So we really appreciate it. It really does. So thank you. All right. So without further ado, we are going to introduce Christy Stout. So stay tuned. All right. So we're here with Christy Stout again, who graciously agreed to come back for a little bit of a part two this week. And um, Renee, did you want to ask her the first question? Um, Absolutely. We have a um, listener named George, and he wanted me to ask you, have the police asked you not to discuss something that they have shared with you? And it's just a yes or no answer. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Is that the only thing I'm allowed to say or? (laughs) You can elaborate if you want to. We just, he was just saying he wasn't expecting you to say more if you did, if you could. Oh, if you weren't. Well, I mean, there are things that we, you know, both sides of the family know that we can't share um probably things that we're really not supposed to know but um you know we feel very fortunate that they were open with us in the beginning now like I said last time we don't they won't even discuss anything with us but um it was a different group of detectives working on it so but yeah there's some things that um we know that we're told don't say anything about this so okay um I had we had a um listener named Brandon um Brandon Elkins he's he had a question about the cameras you know we've heard several different places I think you mentioned it as well 
where they did go, MPD did go um, when they learned of the murder, they went kind of up and down 287 and collected video, surveillance video from some of the businesses. And we have consistently heard that they did get video from Whataburger and apparently nothing panned out from it. Do you know who, where any of the other places were that they've collected video that morning? I don't, because I never asked that question. Um, and I probably never asked the question just because, I don't know, I just never, you know, I got caught up in the SWFA, right. and, you know, the buildings closest to it, like the Whataburger, um, but anything else, you know, you, it could just be any other car passing. So okay. I don't know how you would tell right. that far away from the church, you know, how it would be related, especially if there was no video going on in the parking lot of the church. You wouldn't know what to compare it to. So I guess they were probably just looking for somebody at that time frame, maybe, and maybe just to see, I don't know, just to see like they could tell any similar cars that were right that they thought or something i don't know right or doing weird things driving around in a parking lot or something yeah right. going back and forth or yeah yeah that's something i mean i could throw it out there to them uh i don't know if i'll get anything with this these you know new detect or they're not new but you know not the older detectives that were more open with this but i i doubt i'll get anywhere with them so <laughs> but i could definitely ask Okay, that sounds great. Thank you. Um, we have another listener named Bill Kelly. He was just curious, I guess. Um, he said, did you attend the same church as Brandon and Missy? I guess he's talking about Cowboy Church. No, I didn't. Um, I'd been there several times before, mm -hmm. and I love that church. And um, But no, I didn't go there. Um, okay. He had a follow-up question. He was going to say, did you notice that anything was off? Did anyone seem to dislike Missy. I, I don't know why he zeroed on on that church because it's different than Creekside, but he thought that maybe there was right. something that originated at their church, I guess. Not to my knowledge. I never, even after all of this, heard anybody, you know, Brandon or anybody mention anybody that, that went to that church. Okay. Have any weird, you know, mm -hmm. feelings towards Missy. I just, I never heard that. And he kind of had another follow-up question. He said, mm -hmm. were you able to ask all the questions that you wanted to of Missy's Camp Gladiator participants and her friends and coworkers? Did you have, feel like you had ample opportunity to do that? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, in the beginning, you mean from ask the police this or reach oh, out? No, I, I think he meant that you just, were you able to talk to her friends and um, associates through Camp Gladiator to satisfy maybe some things that you were wondering about? You know, I never reached out to any of those people. I didn't know them. Um, and I, honestly, I never felt like there was any connection to the, and I know that sounds weird. A lot of people would be like, well, how could you miss that? But I just, in my bones, I just never felt like this had anything to do with Camp Gladiator itself. Mm -hmm. So that thought never came across my mind to, you know, um, dive into these people. It just, it didn't. And there's other people <laughs> that I want to dive into, but right. they're not Gladiator <laughs> involved. Right, so. right. Um, one of our listeners, Brandon, also wanted to ask you, um, how, how tall was the person that committed suicide, if you know? Uh, he was 5'6". Okay. We, we had looked that up before. I remember that a um, long time ago when we first learned about that. Yeah, um, he was definitely remember. In, the, in the height range. Yeah, that was probably one of the things that got his family thinking it was him. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I, he had a follow-up question to that that I saw Brandon did. He said, what other steps do you think MPD got wrong at the beginning? You had spoken of, you wish that they would have spoken to that man before he passed away. Um, what were kind of, I know we talked on the other episode already about them going, um, 
really looking into your brother and looking into your dad, but how else do you think that they, what other steps do you think that they did incorrectly at the beginning? Well, I'm just going to be bold and say this. <laughs> um, and I, I just feel like it's my right. And like I said last time, I may get backlash somewhere down the line, but whatever. Um, early on, like the first day or two, they had a Texas Ranger up here from Austin um, helping them. And I guess, you know, cases like this, the Texas Rangers are always willing to help but from my understanding the way that works is that whatever police department um is in on the case they have to basically give permission like yes you can join this case or no we don't want your help kind of thing and from my understanding i think the way that now i could be wrong but when the texas rangers get involved i mean they go all in Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's an either or situation like hey it's a Texas Rangers thing we're on it now or is it a dual effort by both you know Midlothian and Texas Rangers mm-hmm. but Midlothian did not want the Texas Rangers doing anything more than answering the phone line you know that crime stopper phone line where people would call in with tips Mm-hmm. And this and that. Um, they had one man up here from Austin and after like two days he called his boss and was like that's all they're letting me do is man the phones and his boss said no mm-mm, come on back and you know wow. it's not worth his time to sit there and answer a phone in a right. murder I mean they've got people to do that right so that's that's problem number one that n- none of us are happy about Uh, I mean, you've just been offered the freaking Texas Rangers help. And I think everybody knows by now, you know, any help would have been beneficial. (laughs) So that was, that was one thing that they got wrong. I feel like in the beginning, Um, you know, I've heard someone say that they shut down the, or opened back up the Oh, I don't know what you call that. Not the crime scene, but the church. They closed it off or opened it back up or whatever to their investigation, closed it down or whatever. It too soon. So like they, I don't know how long they held that as a crime scene for investigation, but they ended it. And cleared the scene. Yes. Thank you. I couldn't think of what it was I was trying to say. They cleared the scene way too early. You know, I've heard that. It's funny you would say that. That was on our list of questions. So please go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say is, you know, I don't, I'm not an expert in this by any means, but, you know, there, either there was just nothing or they just thought they got it all. I don't know, but they did clear it pretty fast. I mean, it wasn't even a full day. So I think it was seven hours, if I remember correctly. What do you remember, Crystal? No, but that sounds right. I just remember pretty much everybody we've ever talked to has said they thought they cleared it too soon. Right. And I agree. Um, That's another one. I mean, there, there could have been more of more steps that they've done wrong. They, you know, we would, I don't think they really just, I think they did too much behind the desk. I don't think they ever got up and went out and and looked at people kind of right. like the the person I was telling y'all about last time I mean all they had to do was get up go pay him a visit you don't need a warrant to go knock on someone's door you know ask yeah. a few questions and it's just like I don't think they did enough of that yeah so Somebody I have my we- I have my own question that you just reminded me of did you ever hear of them I, I think the answer is no, but did you hear of MPD putting together a task force? It seems like that's what a lot of smaller towns will do. They'll get the Texas Rangers, you know, FBI, they'll form a task force so that if, if you're concerned about who gets credit, that kind of means everybody can get some credit when it's solved, kind of like along the lines of what you were talking about. 
Right. And I don't know, you know, if they had a task force, they did have the FBI was involved. Um, there were a couple of members of the FBI that were in on the case for a, a good while. Um, looking at my brother and whatever else they were doing. But I mean, they went into my brother's house. <laughs> they searched her closet. They looked in his garage. They looked high and low, made him, you know, empty out almost everything, just looking for thing that would anything that would stand out, you know, whatever it was they were looking for, they looked high and low in his house. And it was, I remember him saying it was the FBI. So they had the FBI in with them. And then I know months later, and even years later, they've had outside detectives come in, you know, experienced detectives come in from all across the country and sit down and look at the case. And they've showed them, okay, this is what all we've done up to this point is do you having reviewed the case and reviewed all the interviews and they've had they've had personality analysts or whatever people that come in and oh profile people that come in and just you know watch interviews again and just kind of see what they can tell from people that they've questioned they've they've had all those people in you know reviewing the tapes so they've had multiple sets of eyes on it but it was after the fact <laughs> and I think it should have been on early on you know I think people like the Texas Rangers really would have been beneficial if they would have stayed involved for just a longer than 24 hours <laughs> we couldn't agree uh, more yeah. yes that is so true um another question that one of our listeners had give me a second I have to get to it um, it was um, Kathleen. She wanted to ask, do you think that the sender of the creepy LinkedIn message is connected to the murder? Um, that, I mean, that's hard to say. That's anybody's guess. To me, I mean, I couldn't tell you one way or the other. I don't put much stock in it only because I, I sure wish I knew what the creepy message was. Right. I mean, I think that would help me answer the question better. I never, you know, when they said her friend, she showed her friend this creepy message that she got. I don't know who that friend was. And I sure would like to know who that was because I would like to ask them, what did it say? You know, because to me, that would help me decide one way or the other. Like, what does that mean? I mean, there's weird people out there everywhere. Right. So, yeah. So did it just say something silly or did it say something truly creepy? What we're really calling creepy or was it just a stupid message? You know? Yeah. Well, and I wonder, um, you know, it, every time MPD would talk about that, they used female pronouns. So it was a, apparently a female friend of Missy's and I'm like you, I would love to know what the content of those messages were. That would make all the difference. Absolutely. Okay, um, Bill Kelly had another question. Um, he asked us if the family, if Missy's family, people from Camp Gladiator and people from Creekside Church ever sat down to talk. No. Um, I don't think Creekside ever has. Now, does he mean like to the media or what does he I mean? I think he just to meant to... Uh, I think he just meant to kind of compare notes on what they, what information they have, I guess, to put everyone's heads together to try to maybe figure out what might've happened. Not to my knowledge, no. Okay. I didn't think so either, but I thought it was an interesting question. Um, let's see here. Do you have any more questions, Renee? From yeah, I do. Um, okay, this one is uh, from Bill Kelly again. Um, do you believe that the killer is someone that you have met either before or after the murder? Hmm. I have a feeling it was it was nobody that I personally knew. Um, and if it was, that would be. 
I don't know what I'd think about that. Very haunting. Yeah, yeah. truly. Very yes. haunting. But yeah, I don't think it's anybody that I've ever known personally. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to ask you one for myself. Sure. Um, I had I had originally planned to have a picture of the uh, layout of the church, but I couldn't seem to find a clear one. And I guess it doesn't matter, but maybe we can get one put up and then let people kind of uh, listen to this and maybe figure it out by looking at the layout. But anyway, um, to the best of your knowledge, can you tell us kind of where her body was found because when you talked to us on our last podcast and you were telling us how she went in we were always under the impression that she walked through the door and she was killed instantly or, no. you know. so when you were explaining she went over and turned off you know kind of go through that again with us and then if you can explain if you to the best of your ability where she was found <clears throat> she so she pulled up underneath that awning and was getting her stuff out of the truck and of course that camera that's inside right there as you enter there's one in the corner mm -hmm. that's the camera that you see him her her as they turn that corner and they kind of look away from the camera and that's yes. where we see the biggest outward turn of the right foot that's the camera that picked up her headlights pulling in so that's how they know what time she pulled up so she entered those doors and I think I was told that she was carrying a like a white fold up table because it was, I guess, the beginning of the month where people sign up and mm -hmm. whatever. So she had, you know, more stuff to carry. So she's carrying a white fold up table. And as soon as she walked in, she looked to the right down the hallway, down to the right and they said you could tell she saw something down there because she kind of kept looking like, huh. And then she, you know, continued on straight ahead. And there, there's a room on the left. I don't know what room it was, but she turned the lights on. And then she kept walking. And I think the next one was the sanctuary, which is on the right because it's in the middle of the building. She turned the lights on in there. And then she kept going. And then whatever room she got to next on the left is when she heard something because they said she stopped and she kind of hesitated. And then she slowly started walking very cautiously down the hallway. Mm -hmm. And um, it was that very last room on the left right when she walked in so she was going inside rooms and turning lights on inside the rooms yes okay and then that's when she flicked that light on so it was mm -hmm. room on the left the sanctuary on the right and then a room on the left and so at this point is she at the other end of the hall like the complete corner or is she halfway through or how far I'm guessing probably halfway through because I don't know the exact how many rooms are on the left before you get to the end or I don't even know how many rooms are on the left. I just remember them saying turn one light on the left walk a little further turn the sanctuary light on on the right and I've been inside that church so I kind of know the layout I just don't know room for room how many rooms are down each hallway. Right. Um, but then it was probably like the second room on the left is when she heard something okay proceeded was that do you know christy if that was something she normally did was flip on all those lights in those rooms i have no idea um yeah. the police had asked us you know i remember them discussing you know that she would make somebody somewhere said she would make because they you know of course they didn't always work out inside Mm -hmm. But she would go in in there and just kind of make it available for anybody that had to go in and use the restroom. And um, oh. so maybe she, you know, because they were going to work out inside, that would just be the most common thing to do. Let me just turn on all the lights here. And right. that makes sense. Yeah. And so she stopped at this, um, the very last room on the left, and that's mm -hmm. when she heard something. 
No, she heard something like halfway down the hall. Okay. Where she was found was the last room on the left. Oh, I see. So she made it all the way down to the end of the yes. hall. Because that's what she said. Like, okay. So she goes all the way down to the end. And what is she down there to do it? Turn on another light? Yes. Oh, okay. So that's actually where the light is. So then she's walking back. No, she didn't walk back. She didn't make it back. She Okay. That's where they found her. Okay. So they so she gets down to the end of the hall. I'm trying to make sure I understand this correctly. Um she gets down to the other end of the hall after she turns on three light switches. She gets to the end. So she must be turning on another light switch down there. And yeah. then she hears something again. Uh, that I don't know because okay. they, they can't see her at that point. Oh. They just know that she, that's where she was found. But that's why the attack was never caught on tape or the person leaving was never caught because the cameras cannot pick up that far down they can't pick up any kind of movement or change in pixelation down that far so i wonder why the, there's no cameras down there because there's another door down there right there is another door but they had cameras um so from what i remember kevin johnson he drew drew it out for me you know that one in the corner upper left corner when you walk in mm -hmm. from the awning that's one corner and they the camera i guess it turns or maybe it's at one camera I don't know how what kind of camera but you know it could pick up from the right or it can pick up straight ahead so it covers two hallways and then the other one in the opposite corner caddy corner or diagonal mm -hmm. that one did the same thing so it would cover that hallway and then the other one okay, hmm. okay. so I just you know they probably and you know now it's all after the fact but you know unfortunately nobody realizes these things until something like this happens you know in terms of quality of cameras right <laughs> right um exactly. that's very important but no one thinks of this stuff until you know tragedies happen but you know i bet they have a better camera system now oh for guess. sure well because my question would be, you know, so this this camera didn't get it at the end of the hallway. Well, what about the other one? Yeah, you know, exactly. Diagonal. How come it didn't pick up that person leaving? You know? Yeah. So it mm. tells me that they, it just didn't make it. It didn't pick up change, you know, that far away. So. Right. And we did hear that. Creekside Church completely re replaced that whole surveillance system after the murder. Um, okay, so we have heard several places that the perpetrator actually put their finger up to their mouth and just sort of said, Shh, and beckoned Missy to come toward them, him or her. Have you heard that? Did the police tell no. you that? Okay. That has been told and told and told and told. By people who claim to have seen that part of the video and blah 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 over the years oh my god i would love to find the original person who who came out with that have you heard that before I mean, too i've never heard it but i'm oh, like okay. where do people get this stuff yeah i've heard it from multiple sources uh none of none of them connected and and it's the same story every time so we were like huh maybe it it's must true. be we were thinking there must be something to that and maybe that's what missy was seeing when she went down the hall but of course we can't confirm that but We've had people who claim to have seen the video and um, say that, and these people don't know one another. So, you know, it just kind of made us wonder if perhaps that was true. Well, I wonder if those people know law enforcement, because how else would you? They do, but not every one of them, but I can tell you a couple of them that I've heard it from did, yes. Well, yeah. I'd like their names. <laughs> I mean, I, I would like to, I'm not discrediting them or arguing, but I would like to know, I'd like to know, I mean, right. you know, right. Yeah. This was something that I remember hearing a long time ago. Well, and the, if it's true, of course, that is some kind of a maneuver that might be good for the public to see. Of course, they would want to cut Missy out of the video out of respect for her family. But mm -hmm. if they could show the public, the perpetrator doing that, I would think that that would be 
a, a maneuver that people might recognize or that might look feminine versus masculine or I don't know exactly just yeah, kind of definitely seems yeah. like something that might be telling about the person I remember the police asking us um you know they were kind of brainstorming and wondering because I think anybody would if you would sit there and go into a building at the wee hours of the morning by yourself and you walk into what looks like it had been broken into my first inclination would be get the heck out of there I don't think I could get out of there fast enough exactly you know and so they asked us you know because they're trying to piece together her Missy's personality Mm -hmm. you know what her demeanor you know because to what what was it that made her keep going you know and they asked us do you think she would try to be the hero and confront somebody you know I was like well that's a possibility I mean she was pretty bold Missy had I mean she didn't hold back if she didn't agree with somebody (laughs) yeah so she'd let you know and she'll question you so that was a possibility um and then they also asked um or one of their thoughts was well you know we also thought that it could have been someone down there you know in that room or whatever going missy yeah like missy you know yeah here's them but she's scared but yet well well, oh somebody knows me they're saying my name so maybe i should go down there you know right Right. so they they kind of threw that at us like what do y'all think but I thought that second one sounded a little far-fetched. Yeah. Well, what what exactly um, damage did they see? Because from what we understand, none of the damage was visible to anybody walking into the church from the awning, under the awning. So what exactly would she have seen? Because it, from what I'm understanding of the damage that was done to the church, it was all done to the other end, right? I don't know. Um, everybody talks about there was broken glass. There was bro- broken glass. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I remember them saying that when she looked to the right down the hallway, she saw broken glass. Now, in my head, and I could be wrong, I always thought, well, maybe it was the glass that you see that person breaking out in that last part of the video, you know. Yeah. The, hammer mm-hmm. I thought well maybe that's what what she saw she saw that glass on the ground and that mm-hmm. but I don't know they just said what she saw was broken glass so the police said that yes I wonder how they know the glass was already broken because we've heard from people who've gone to that church for many years and they're close to elders said that the one of those glass tables was upset in the struggle and the glass shattered. And they said that they replaced the church, Creekside Church replaced it pretty quickly. The man who told us this said he was amazed at how fast they got that replaced, but that that was a result of apparently, unfortunately, the attack. Oh, but, I didn't hear that. Where was the uh, glass table at? Kind of towards two- the front. Yeah, there's two of those glass console tables, and mm-hmm. this would have been the one up toward the front. Um, is it close to where she came in, Renee, or is it in between those two entrances? I think there's there's one when you walk through the um, awning door uh, between, I think, down the hall a little ways, and then there's another one down there by the front main entrance of the church, kind of in that little foyer area, mm-hmm. and that's the one that we understood that got broken. And you can see it on the church video. Um, in the I think I've seen video. one, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Because I just, I, I'm interested, that's interesting that the police said that she would have seen glass because we had always heard that the glass breaking, um, we also heard a story about a vase being thrown in the struggle that the glass was a result of the struggle and not something she would have seen when she Before walked in. So that's interesting. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because I don't know of anywhere that any glass was broken um, that would have been up that direction in my mind and and we only know this because we went to the church and walked around the church so we could get familiar with it and understand everything and everywhere that the part broke in and even that area where they broke the um glass in that one part it's Mm -hmm. i can't remember the exact location but it's not someplace that you just walk down the hall and see it it's kind of in a 
I, I can't remember. Chris, Crystal, do you remember? It's like in an area where it's not just walking down the hall. Are you talking about the table? No, the area where at the very end of the video, whenever they walk out of the one room and they go across and they're just breaking glass and it starts. Yes. You can see it on the video falling on the floor. Yes, I don't I'm sorry. think that that's visible from the uh, from entry awning. Yeah. yeah, I don't think so either, but I couldn't totally prove it because I do get mixed up about the locations in the church. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wish I had, I wish I would have, which I, I would have been stopped immediately, <laughs> taken a picture of this huge marker board that they had drawn out, you know, of the crime scene with every single little detail. Right. You know, I mean, like, where broken glass was, where they entered, how many minutes or time they entered this room, how long they were in that room, you know, every little detail mm -hmm. was... That would have been helpful. Well, yeah. you probably we, didn't we always, you need it. it. Everyone yeah, thought it would exactly. be solved, you know, yeah. really soon. So That's right. what I'm saying. We don't ever think we're going to need that stuff, so we don't think about it until later. <laughs> exactly. Sounds crazy. Okay. Well, um, we do have another question. Um, mm -hmm. And if any of these are sensitive, please just skip over and we won't, we'll totally understand. But did MPD tell you that Missy was shot? I can't say how she was killed. Okay. At all. Okay. So that answers that. That does. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And um, we had another listener. This is another one that's kind of makes my stomach hurt, but I'll ask it anyway. He was asking if there were bullet holes in any of the church walls. I haven't heard that okay. at all. Okay. Okay. This is one that we've, um, I think we've asked it several different times, but since um, talking to you, I've, I've kind of gotten confused again. <laughs> so I thought I would ask it again. Do you know how the camp the campers finally got into the church to get to Missy? Okay, when the first one walked walk in, it was his first day. Mm -hmm. And he got there early because he didn't want to be, you know, this new kid on the block, you know, walking in right. late and everybody's like, oh, here's that, you know. Yeah. So we got there early and he saw her truck there, but he tried to walk in and and he thought it was locked or something so he called another camper and that camper and I know these people's names I'm just not saying that right. um, he called the other camper and and that person was like no it's it's unlocked you just gotta do this she's there if her truck's there she's there he's like okay so however he he finally just walked in so he was actually the one that walked in and discovered everything I, I can't even imagine that's just unbelievable was he, he by himself at that point was yes. he alone okay he was alone and he used to live right across the street from me in my old neighborhood and um I know it shook him up a lot and he would um and he actually goes to the same church as I do him and his family and super duper duper nice guy love his family um but it it really shook him up because all he could think was that you know he walked in there not not knowing what to expect or nothing and he was looking for her and saw weird things too and then found her and then the second camper I don't know if he called them or if he immediately called 911 or if the second camper showed up just immediately and they all, you know, one of them called 911. But um, he would for months drive by every morning my brother's house to make sure they were okay. Oh, that's, that's so sweet. Never told anybody this, but he would, he was so worried that he would drive by there every day just to make mm. sure they were okay. Like he, that's you know, was, that's I know, but, um, oh. I know him and the second camper that were there found her were extremely shaken up and 
I just can't imagine. I, I can't imagine going on living a normal life after discovering something like that. So me, me either. I'm with you. That's just, even if um, it's a stranger, that would be horrific. But that was something you oh, knew and really cared about. This is horrible. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, he to this day, it's like he's he was afraid that because you know he got there right after this happened not very long after this happened <laughs> and because he got there early and so in his mind he was thinking this person Golly. could have seen me <laughs> this person could have seen me you know and that that's kind of what's right. left in his head you know right right so yeah was he mm-hmm. one of the people that uh, that saw the small dark SUV leaving or was it just the passerby? I have no clue. And I have never been able to confirm that with police because we've, we've asked them and they have like, no, I don't. Yeah, that's, we've heard that too, but they've never been able to confirm that was true. And, and my thing is, when people say they saw a small dark SUV, I want to know who saw that. Like, where's the, where's the name of the person who saw that? Who right. saw it? They supposedly questioned the person. It was in the search warrant affidavit from December 2016 that a passerby saw the small dark SUV. They didn't name the person in the search warrant, but we mm-hmm. we figure it must be true, or else the police wouldn't have used it to go before the judge. But we're like you; we haven't heard anything else above and beyond that, and. We don't know to what extent that that person was questioned, or we don't know if, I just kind of wondered if maybe the people who we had heard, of course, heard with quotations around it, we had heard that some, but one of the camp gladiators also reported seeing a small dark SUV leaving in the rain that morning as they were arriving. So that would hold more credibility to me than, you know, anything else. But of course we can't confirm that. Right. Okay. Because that would be interesting to have a potentially have the perpetrator's vehicle, at least as vague as that is, at least it's some kind of a description. That would be really nice if that's something, but it hasn't panned out so far. Have you heard anything about vehicles? They, I remember police said early, early on, right after the murder, they were saying that they also had a, a car, I believe it was silver, not the Altima, but some other car was seen behind the church that they thought that they had gotten a little bit of it on camera, but not enough to even say the make and model. Do you remember that Renee? Yes, I do. And I'm trying, had, did they mention any vehicles to you or other members of the family? No, no, that's the first time I've heard that one. Okay. So there was a silver top car behind it. Yeah. They said behind the church, one of the inside cameras had picked up like a like a sliver of a car that they believe was the perps, but they said they didn't even get enough of it to even figure out what make and model it was. Yeah, they said they didn't want to really try to even guess. So where did y'all hear this from? What source? It was in the news at the very beginning and it's hard to find, but I'll dig it back up again. Renee, you and I dug it up not too terribly long ago. I think one of the ones I recently sent you, um, is, it has that in there. Okay. We've, we've found it a few times, Christy, over the years. Um, we don't have a good system for keeping up with this stuff. We need to do better, but we will, one of us will find it and send it to you. Okay. They said that at the very beginning, but then oddly, they never mentioned it again. So I don't know if that was a strategy or if they just kind of blew it off or what, but yeah, yeah they, they talked about it at the beginning and then bam, that one time, isn't that right, Renee? We never saw it again. No, that was just that one time and it, and it, never heard about it again yeah it's very strange that is weird it is you remember when they when they did the uh reconstruction of the um of the perps movements the crime itself whatever um whenever they went to try to figure out the the height and all that stuff did Mm -hmm. they um did they call y'all in to give y'all an update on that no we were we were kind of told bits and pieces you know my brother would I think we found a lot of this out through my brother because he went up to that police station like early on he was there pretty much every day of course being questioned by the FBI and police but you know after after the first initial weeks even a month or two he was still going up there once a week because that was his time that he demanded 
from the police that he wanted to sit down and ask questions and talk right. to them. And um, I forgot where I was going with this, but that's how we would get information was, you know, he'd say, well, you know, they brought in such and such team and they're working on, you know, this and they've got some crime analysis expert with some software, you know, and they told us this too in the meeting, you know, basically how it worked or whatever. And I mean, it was kind of interesting how they, what all they did to kind of analyze the height of this person. Right. And they did say that the person who, whatever algorithm formula measurements and all that stuff that he used based on the video and measurements inside the church, um, he, they didn't tell him how tall Missy was at all. Um, but he got her height ex- right, like right on point. So wow. he was very accurate in was the this the, Was this the Tarrant County, that state-of-the-art lab that had just opened in 2015? I remember the media reported that's where they sent the surveillance video for analysis. Is that, are you saying it was someone from that facility? I have no idea. I, okay. I mean, I can't remember who okay. it was or where they came from. That's had heard, That's who we had heard had did the reconstruction. So that's probably, I mean, it sounds like it would be them if they were that accurate with her height and didn't know mm-hmm. it beforehand. So yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Mm-hmm. It was very accurate. Did we have any other questions, Renee, for Christy this time? I, I can't um, gather the other ones from the, I think the we, other ones that were sent. I think we got everything, I think. Did we? Okay. Yeah, I think we did. Um, anything else, Renee? I think I'm out of questions. I'm going through my notes. Yeah, I think I've asked all the ones that uh, everybody everybody asked that I knew of. Oh, I, had, I do have one more from Dale Nobles. I almost forgot about this when I was saving it for the end. Um, Dale asked if anyone, Christy, you or anyone else in the family, have you guys gotten any creepy messages from unbalanced people? You know, like, unfortunately, it sounds like Missy did before she was murdered. No, we never got anything creepy. Uh, Cold-blooded and angry? Yes. Mm. But no, nothing creepy. Okay. Nothing that caused you for concern. No. I mean, I'll tell you if I ever did, I'll turn into Liam Neeson and I will find you. (laughs) We know he can find somebody. (laughs) I will find you and I'll take care of business. Right. Exactly. Don't mess with me. Exactly. Right. Well, we can't thank you enough for coming back. We, you, you were our most popular episode ever, I think, is because we had so many people saying, wow, that was really good. And, you know, people had follow-up questions. So we just thought we would ask if you'd mind coming back for kind of a little yeah. bit of a part two, because um, people really, really enjoyed hearing from you and people care about Missy and the case. And it's nice to, you know, as many experts as we've had on, it's so nice to talk to someone who knows a lot about the case, but also cared deeply for Missy and that's really special and we appreciated having that um Renee did you want to ask anything else you had Uh, you want to no no I think I've yeah I think I've asked everything um I did I want to follow up with you afterwards but no that's it okay well that sounds great Christy did you have anything you wanted to add before we I I don't think so but I'm so grateful for you guys having me on I enjoyed it and thank thank you everybody for the questions Yes, thank you. You were a very popular guest and we just thank you so much. And if you think of anything going forward, you know, I'm happy that you're in our discussion group and we can all just chat there. And um, all right, well, thanks again, Christy. We hope you have a great evening. All right, thank you. You guys too. Okay, we're popping back on because I thought of a question I meant to ask while we were on the air. And Christy, when... um, Renee and I had noticed when there was the five-year anniversary, law enforcement MPD said that they had investigators that had traveled across the state of Texas and had traveled to other states to talk to witnesses. Um, Were you, was your family told about this? And does that make sense to you? We were just rather surprised to hear that. 
Um, I knew that they had people brought in from all over the country looking at this. Um, now, I didn't know that they said they were questioning people across the country. <laughs> so that's right. news to me. Right. Yeah, I didn't yeah, okay. that. That, that was the statement that MPD came out with. Was that the five-year anniversary, Renee, I believe, last year? Um, yes. They said that they had traveled across Texas to speak to witnesses and had actually traveled to other states to speak to witnesses. And we were just like, whoa, you know. Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for answering that. Um, sure. I just thought I would give that a shot. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to True Crime Rods. We'll see you next time. People. Yo, Pierre, you want to come out here? People. People. Hey. Spin up the black. 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 Seven o'clock. Black. I pay cash. You do the math. Math. I bust the bag. You took the tab. Yeah.